now that we finally muted him. Now that we're <laughs> not taking over the show. <laughs> I mean, I tried to vote him off last week and I got shut down. You can't you can't shut me down. There I, we I'm go. <laughs> you can't shut me down. Um oh, so you can hear me but you can't see me? I see everybody. Interesting. I can see everybody on my stream. Yeah, and I see everybody lighting up on Twitch, so I assume yeah. we're working. Yeah, Megamo, you may need to refresh the stream if you can't see me, though. Uh, thank you for the Prime sub season to see which three months my in a row. Twitch chat isn't showing anything. I don't know why. Weird. Um, and season to see which. I'm just going to call it seasons. Is it okay? Yeah. Can I just call you seasons? Let me know. Or see which. Or, the, or see which. All right, you know what? She can tell me. You do not speak for her. She's, she can she can speak for herself. Um, wow, Megan, I'm saying it's still showing the starting soon screen. Let me let me swap screens for a second. Hold on. Oh, now okay. I'm back. So hopefully that'll work. So, um, it should catch up to Meg for Mega Mom soon. Um, yeah, if it doesn't work, Mega Mom, you know I know you're probably on your phone. You may need to just close the Twitch app or your browser and then just I... hop back in. I think it's a Twitch. Uh, yeah, it's a Twitch issue. Yeah, because my my Twitch is screwing up too. Hmm. As I'm trying to. For okay. once, mine is actually working. What? How wild is <laughs> Weird. that? Uh, so... I see everybody on mine, so we're good. Okay, so Megan Mom is going to switch everything over. We're just doing intros, so you're not going to miss a huge amount. Everybody, welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 297. Of our show, we are very rapidly approaching episode 300. Oh, Mega Mom saying rebooting Twitch on the computer worked. Yay! So uh, now you can see our smiling faces. So um, this is we're we're approaching episode 300. It's very exciting. This is uh, if you've never seen us before. This is oh <laughs> she says we're frozen. Well, <laughs> it's performance art. Um, so, uh, this is a podcast all about video games and board games your families can play together, and my name is Steven Dietzman, I am the host as always, and I am joined by three of my best friends in the whole wide world. Amanda Farrow, who is normally with us, is not here, uh, her partner has a birthday celebration, and I told her that it was okay. I was, I was a good boss, I approved the time off. <laughs> Speaking no of, doc and pay. No doc and pay. In fact, I gave her a raise. Um, 100% and a raise bonus. And a, and a bonus of 15% of her annual salary. Um, speaking of approving time off, we are joined by Jeff Walker from the Frozen North. How are you? I'm doing good, Stephen. Just found out. Jeff Walker just found out that SummerSlam is in his backyard in August. In so, my backyard. So thus begins the campaign for him to convince me to go visit him in August. Um, we'll see if that flies. We have a guest room. Um, it doesn't have a mattress yet. Actually, the box of the mattress is right over there that I need to go on the bed before my parents come here at the end of the month. But <laughs> At least it's in the house. But it's in the house. It's, it's been in, the, in house. the house since it's been the house since December. It's just getting the mattress up the stairs is not the fun part. No. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that is not the fun part. Joining us also Joining Jeff and I is uh, the man behind the curtain who we, we have to come up with a new nickname for him in a couple of years, I guess, uh, is uh, John Tomlinson. How are you, my friend? I am uh, admiring the new Precious that's coming out that we dropped today. 
Yeah, yesterday, I mean, the, did, so did you see the clip yesterday? Okay, before we talk about the clip, we can't. You're talking about the yeah. freaking crazy Rivendell set for Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings Rivendell set that Lego released. So yesterday was just a ring that dropped, but in the reflection you could see the set. So it was like giving it away. It was very, very nice tease. Very nice tease. It was, oh, it was a very nice tease. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, wow, that looks like a house. And I was like, is that the Home Alone house? And then I was like, why would they put the no, Home Alone house No, we always have that. I know. And then I was like, it's got to be a Lord of the Rings thing. I'll find out when yeah. they announce it. And then they announced it today and I went, wow, I want that. And then they said, then they showed me the price and I went, maybe I don't want that. Um, it does have a Gimli fig in it, though. That's pretty cool. And we all know that if ever there was going to be anything important to me, it was going to be the Gimli fig. Um, I think I have one. Oh, I do too. I got it from Lego Dimensions. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that was the that was the smart play. So, also joining us, you've heard her voice, and I'm sure you've seen her face if you're watching the stream. Uh, the Mistress of Magnificence, otherwise known as Mom, Linda Robel, managing editor of Board Games. Linda, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking a lot younger than I did earlier. Today was the 100th day of school, so I was dressed in my very fancy uh, gray wig and you know all the silly uh, things we do in first grade. I was I, I didn't know where that was going for a second. I was like, did, did you change something that I didn't notice? <laughs> no. Nope. She went and got a massage. Okay. Well, right. That's that's in two weeks. That's in two oh. weeks. <laughs> you, you, you know, those those two are happily married. I have a very good girlfriend up there. We don't ask your age. We're smart. Like <laughs> I'm listen, I know exactly how old Linda is. Yeah. Um, but that's because I've known her since we were in our early 20s. Um, so I'm not in my early 20s anymore. Yeah, exactly. No, we are not. <laughs> no. Teaching first grade, that ages you. I have one first grader. I don't know how many you have. <laughs> well, I tell the children I'm 88. That's how old I feel most days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Season of the Sea Witch says Linda is 29. Um, oh, you're, you're so sweet, if only. <laughs> many times, many times over. Um, so anyway... <laughs> We got a big show this week um, because what we're going to do is a lot of the big news over the last couple of days, over the last couple of weeks has been um, not really focused on family video games <laughs> and go figure there is a Nintendo Direct literally tomorrow. So um, we'll talk about that on the next. So we're all excited. Um, well, at least me, John and Jeff are excited. I don't know if Linda's excited. They're basically just right. <laughs> My family is excited. Yeah. They're just yeah. sending the Linda boys. A bill. Yeah, <laughs> Nintendo is just sending tomorrow. Nintendo is just sending Linda a bill. That's really what they're doing. Um, but uh, we're gonna catch up on some stuff from last week because um, there were some pretty important topics that I think are worth covering. Um, one of them, super board game related, um, and you know we we, we ended up kind of derailing it, kind of talking about video game demos and stuff like that. So Linda was very patient through all the video game talk. And then afterwards she messaged me and was like, Hey, maybe I should start playing more video games so that I can communicate, participate <laughs> in the podcast. And then part of me was like, well, I don't know that you need to do that. And then I remember that I was talking to Linda and really that was Linda's way of reminding me that I need to cover more of the board game stuff, which is true. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those, some of the news um, that we missed last week. Um, but also, and I think this is a, a kind of a cool piece of news. Um, we published our magazine this week. The first we issue of the 2023 season of the Engaged Family Gaming Magazine. Um, it released, uh, it 
Monday was it's <clears throat> excuse me. Sunday is when we published it the you know to the internet and it went out to subscribers yesterday. And it's really exciting. I'm gonna go ahead and throw a link to it in the chat. We actually host it on engagefamilygaming.com as of yesterday. Um, this is a new development. It turns out that it's really easy to host PDFs on your uh, WordPress site. I didn't know. And so we, we had it on like a different site. We were using SlideShare for a while. Um, we're not going to do that anymore. Now we're just going to use our own site. So um, I encourage everybody to take a look and um, subscribe to our mailing list. Because not only do we have this awesome magazine, we're going to have four issues this year. Um, but we also have a monthly newsletter that um, January and February this year is uh, getting combined and that should be done very soon. And all of this stuff is completely free. Cool stuff, content that we don't really cover elsewhere. Um, and yeah, pretty exciting. Linda, you were there working with me on this. And I Becky was. obviously did the layout. Um, it came off so nicely. It, she absolutely. does She does such a great job with the graphic design. She really does. She absolutely does. I'm, I, love the, I love the fact that we kind of just accidentally picked her up. It's true. Um, <laughs> and she does amazing work, and it gets better every. It gets better every issue. What's wild about this one is she was supposed to work with us at the last mm -hmm. content sprint when she was in the hospital because um, she got hurt. Um, she is fine now. Um, so this, she did the layout for this magazine, this issue, all on herself without any feedback, without running any graphics by us or anything like that. And I think it turned out better than ever so right well she probably took more creative license because when when we're sitting right there she wants to go back and forth but here she just got to go you know delve deep into her creativity and just you know make her own judgments so yeah so oh, you're man. saying we all do better work when steven's not breathing down our neck yeah well i mean, listen, <laughs> I, mean I don't know about you but i can't focus anyway so i have to like cloister myself to work um, that's how that's how it works with, with my kids when I tell them to do their chores anyway. So it makes sense to me. Um, don't mind me. I have a 10-year-old walking behind me. Um, so that is the first big piece of news. It's our magazine. So I encourage everybody watching. Um, I put the link in the chat. Um, everybody listening. It'll be in the show notes. Um, and also it's right on the front page of EngageFamilyAmy.com. Um, and we'll be sharing it in our community pretty regularly because I am very proud of this. Um yeah, so that's that. Um, Looks great. I read it. Isn't it nice looking? How about that? How about the uh, little uh, the switch with the eyeballs peeking up over the horizon? I thought that was very clever. Um, so let's talk about some other news. Um, specifically, let's talk about the OGL. Um, now. Do, when I say that, do any of you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? A little I bit, only because I've been following it on social a bit. I try to read some articles, and they lost me. Okay. Lots of people got lost on this. So, we'll talk about it. Now, here's why it's board game related. This is all in relation to Dungeons & Dragons. I'm going to give you guys the Spark Notes. I know Linda's a teacher. She doesn't like Spark Notes very much, but I'm going to give you the Spark Notes version. My kids are too little for that stuff. All right. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so good. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get a letter grade uh -uh. D, uh, you know, taken nope. away. Hey, I got an A by using Spark Notes. So 
Wow. All right. Well, now kids what are, are just the flies. Gonna, now kids are just going to use Chat GPT, so it doesn't really matter, or Bard, whatever uh, Google puts out. Um, so anyway, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Part of the wild success of Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition and Dungeons and Dragons Three Point Five was that the game was operated under what was called an open gaming license. What that meant is certain pieces of the Dungeons and Dragons game, like the core rules, some of the spells, some of the things that were like very specifically Dungeons and Dragons, were put out publicly. And you could make your own stuff and sell it as long as you indicated, using a set of licensing rules, you know, where you put the logos, what disclosures, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you could make your own stuff and make your own 3.0 and 3.5 compatible rule supplements, adventures, etc. That created a huge wave of goodwill and basically built like a cottage industry of at what started as a cottage industry. Now it's a big business of companies that make their own Dungeons and Dragons stuff that is not quote unquote Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and they tried to fart around with that when they made fourth edition. There was a huge fan outcry. There wasn't a lot of companies that made fourth edition stuff. You couldn't really do that. Um, and everyone was very excited when fifth edition came out because it had the open gaming license again, which means there's all sorts of companies and we've heard me talk about Kickstarters for Dungeons & Dragons supplements and things like that that are D&D 5th edition, but they're made by Cobalt Press or, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, and I'm sure that, that is one of the things that people disagree on, um, the uh, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast tried to change what the Open Gaming License did um, for 5th edition, and they... And a version of it was leaked. They say it was a draft. There's some people that say it wasn't a draft. I don't care. It's none of my business, really. Uh, but a version of it came out that was pretty bad. <laughs> um, they, uh, they put some clauses in it that basically gave wizards, like they owned everything you produced. Um, and, could and it gave them like a license back agreement where they could reprint it later. So if you made a spell that was really cool, theoretically, they could print it in one of their books. Um, and then, which people were not happy about. And then the other piece is they kind of demanded royalties from companies that made a lot of money. And this pissed a whole lot of people off. Um, and so those of you, those of us that are in the board game, Dungeons & Dragons, etc. space, um, watched the whole world kind of explode um, for a good two to three weeks. Um, it's been crazy. People have yes. just been so up in arms. Yes. Um, Jeff and, and John, did you guys see any of that stuff? Or is that did that not leak into your periphery? Because I know you guys are primarily in the video game space. John obviously messes with the Legos. But uh, <laughs> it, first of all, Lego bricks. Second of all, uh, <laughs> we travel the same circles as far as role players. So a lot of what you saw was also on my feed because we share friends. It's true. Um, and some, some people quite vocal. <laughs> and some people were very concise and mm -hmm. were just like, let's just see where this leads, guys. 
and I appreciate those guys. Mm. So, like, that's what where I was in that in that situation. I don't play enough to like get overreactive about the OGL. I just people make up their own games. It doesn't affect me much. So when I play a game, it's the DM is the DM. They come up with the game, and I enjoy it. And that's that's pretty much how I always play. What about you, Jeff? Do you how into the Dungeons and Dragons scene are you? Like, did this hit your so, feeds? Or this is the interesting side from what I'm into, though, because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. The last I played a little bit of Fourth. Played some. I learned my role playing on three five, three point five. But when I play, I mainly play Pathfinder. So all my mm. like people I'm with is Pathfinder. And that, the big question everyone has is, what does this say about Pathfinder? And I'm kind of curious because I don't know anything about this. Like, well, is, I can talk about that. Yeah, that... that's what I. That's kind of what I want to know is, what does this mean for Pathfinder? Because I know Pathfinder takes a lot from it. From D&D. Well, Pathfinder 1st Edition was an open gaming licensed product. Yeah. It was... I mean, the joke was, you know, we had D- Dungeon Dragons 3.5, and then when Pathfinder came out, they called it 3.fixed. Yeah, pretty much. That's what Pathfinder... <laughs> I mean, more or less, that's what Pathfinder Real was. Well, yeah. But now yeah, they have... They, yeah, Go and ahead. they have changed a lot of the rules in 2nd Edition. Yep, so now Pathfinder 2.0... Is Pathfinder Second Edition is not an OGL product, so Pathfinder is fine. Um, it would be a, a a big old fight for Wizards to try and go after Pathfinder Second Edition, which I don't think they would or could or would be able to. So um, the uh, the good news is um, I don't know what would have happened to old Pathfinder. Um, if they had revoked the, if they had changed the OGL, um, the good news is we don't have to figure it out because there was such an uproar, such an outcry, um, and it, not all of it was unreasonable. I think some people were being a little nuts, uh, but I don't think everybody was being unreasonable. There were reasoned points, you know, etc. Um, so the um, wizards kind of backed up and they took out a lot of the stuff that people didn't like. They're leaving the original open gaming license. Um, It has a number. I can't remember. They're leaving that in place. And what they're doing is putting fifth edition under creative commons, which basically means, um, and they're actually letting people choose what they want to do. They can either put it out under creative commons, which is a creative, it's a, it's a very commonly used thing with creative works. Um, You can use either the OGL the original one, or Creative Commons, depending on what is more appropriate for what you're doing. Um, They're not going to... They're not asking for royalties. There's no license back. They're just going to deal with that when it comes. Um, Their biggest concern, from my perspective, is that they want Dungeons & Dragons to be a mega brand. Like, Dungeons & Dragons is a big deal. Like, Star Wars is a big deal. Like, X-Men and Avengers are a big deal. It's um, a ubiquitous property. That's yeah. a, They already are established. Exactly. You know? I mean, and, non-gamers know what it is. At least, yeah. kind of know what it is. I mean, listen, it was in Stranger <laughs> Things. You know it's what true. I mean? And there's a Dungeons & Dragons movie and a TV show. And here's the real thing. Let's say the four of us decided to play a game of Fiasco. 
right? Or some, you know, something crazy, right? Um, and people asked us what we were doing. We would probably just tell them we were playing Dungeons and Dragons because it would just be easier. Um, I mean, and- I, I, I do that with Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Like we had, we were, it got derailed because you know you start a Life. role, pl- yeah. you start a role playing game, and this one got derailed before it even got started. But even though we're playing Pathfinder, our Facebook group was called Corbin Street because that's the street we all lived on, Corbin Street D and D. Yep. Even though we aren't playing D and D. Right. I just explain that, you know, it's like D&D, but we're using these rules. Yeah, pretty much. And so, um, some people say it was much ado about nothing, now that we've kind of come back full circle. I think there are still some folks that are like, you know, wizards, you know, you, you know, you, you, we don't trust you, you're going to try this again. I'm not convinced that they are wrong. Um, but, the, um, We'll have to see. Um, but <coughs> um, it is, um, you know, it, it, it's, we're kind of in a wait and see kind of place. But um, my whole thing, quietly in the corner, um, even though I'm a capitalist scum, as many of people in those comment sections called me, um, because I was defending a big megacorp. Um, cause I kind of was, and I get it, but, um, y'all mean to tell me you weren't going to buy Planescape next fall anyway. And nobody gave me an answer because of course they were going to buy Planescape next fall because Planescape is so freaking cool. Um, and if you haven't heard me freak out about Planescape, you can check it out, uh, my little write up for it in the Engage Family Union magazine. Um, and also you can hear me freak out about it this fall. Um, so that's the so that's so that's the good news for your your Pathfinder campaign, Jeff. Is so you're good. <laughs> cool, but there. it'll never get off. It'll never get off the planning stage anyway. So <laughs> yeah, well, the which schedule will uh, get together. That that's the real OGL. Like <laughs> the real OGL is scheduling a game. The re- yeah, the real end boss. <laughs> is calendars and let me tell you true. linda and i our group has been trying to for years our we, we are at the final castle in curse of strahd and we have been there since before the pandemic um yep. we will get there eventually we just need to, what we need is what we need is john to get better so then That's we true. can um so he can sit for a couple hours. Of hours and not be miserable it's um, true so, so that's the whole OGL shenanigans, everybody. Um, if you have questions in the chat, please throw them out. I have done an insane amount of reading about this. Jen, you think I got it right? The OGL stuff? <laughs> she says she doesn't know. She's not feeling so hot. Uh. She just gave me the most pathetic, why are you trying to bring me into the podcast look? <laughs> Again, why? Why? She's like, I did my due diligence. I helped you. Now let me be. I, I did like 30 episodes. I'm good. It's true. Yeah, Megamom, Megamom has been there right alongside all these discussions. So she knew. Um, I'm just Honestly, I'm just glad it's over so we can get back to people just being normal nerds. Um, I mean, I, I, 
I wouldn't put it past Mega Mom to know everything already. She is very well rounded. If you listen to the Pokemon snapshot, she has her own like section in our show that we call an education. Oh, the education? Nice. I, I dig that. I dig that. Um, because she's always throwing things into our Discord and we're learning so much. Uh, she says she's lived about a million lives at this point. She knows her stuff is really She used to raise life. hawks. I know. Listen, I have known Mega Mom. Yeah, I know, but I learned for a long time. You learn new. You learn. You will learn all sorts of. Um, you learn all sorts. You will learn all sorts of new stuff from her. She resuscitated a guinea pig back to life. Yep, that's true. Oh, she's got amazing stories. Yep. So I can't wait to finally get and talk to her in person. I'm ready. I mean, it, I've done it, so it's it's cool. It's cool. Um, so other news, this is not great news, but it's kind of whatever the PlayStation plus collection, which is a batch of PS4 essentials that are included as part of PlayStation plus is ending on uh, May 9th. Um, so this is, you guys have, I mean, let me just bring up the list of games. Did you know they took some games off that list? Because yeah. I was yeah, they lost like one or two. Um, um, Persona but... Five Royal is no longer on that list. Persona Five Royal was never on that. Was list. Royal never okay? Maybe yeah, it was just Persona um, Five Standard. Um, so most of these are not family friendly, but yep. to just go down the list, um. Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, God of War, the uh, 2018 version, um, Infamous Second Son, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Monster Hunter World, which is rated T, uh, so that's in there, um, Mortal Kombat X, not rated T, um, Persona <laughs> 5, Ratchet and Clank, which is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a remake of the original game, and Jeff and I talked about that at, on end when it came out during the uh, EFG er- show era. Both of us really liked that, or at least I remember I liked it a lot. You liked it too, right, Jeff? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that came out in 2016. We weren't doing the show back then. Were we not? I didn't oh, so know I, each other. Um, okay, so I was talking about it on the Engage Family Gaming podcast. He, he was know. talking to himself. I was not talking to myself. <laughs> I was probably there talking... Was... I, I can't even remember. 2016. I'm trying to think back when that. Time is a flat circle. It really is a flat circle. <laughs> that would have been me. That probably would have been me in the general at that point. Um, yeah. So and you're thinking of Rift Apart. We loved that game. We did love Rift Apart. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, not T-rated. Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. Interestingly enough, I always thought the T-rated. Uncharted games were rated M. They're T-rated games. Who knew? And then Until Dawn, which is... <laughs> a slasher movie made into a video game. So this is like a collection of games that a lot of folks just kind of assumed they were just going to keep adding stuff to forever. And it turns out that is not the case Um, because now it's getting taken away. What do you guys think about that? So I have my thoughts on this. Uh, One, we all know it was added because they, they knew there wasn't a, a lot of reasons to try to get a PS5, even though you couldn't find one. So they wanted to give people more of a benefit to getting the PS5. Um, because you could not get, get these on the PS4, even though they were all PS4 games. 
You had to be a PS5 owner to claim them. But I, when I, you can still go through and claim them until May 9th. So if you claim them, they are in your game library. Uh, yes. And so, That's really so, good to know because there's a few that I think we want to make sure are yeah, so us. you just go on your PlayStation 5 PS, mm-hmm. yeah, your PlayStation 5, find the list and just hit add to library and they'll be in your library forever and you can download them at later dates. You could um, also do that on the app. I, it, it was really hard to find on the app because I tried to do it they, at work. They the updated day. it. Okay. They updated a lot yeah. of it. Yeah. When, when that first came out, I tried to do it at like on my lunch break. Oh, the app was I, trash. And I could, not, I could not find them. And that was earlier this, probably last week when that was announced. Yeah. But here's also the thing about all these games. Um, if you've been a PlayStation Plus subscriber for a long time, you have most of these games in your library already. That is true. And I think... Because I, I'm i pretty sure 75% of them had already said purchased. Yeah. I think it depends how much you've utilized it, too. Because I think yeah. we've... My, my husband's been really consistent keeping PlayStation Plus, but I don't think he utilizes the free games as much as he could. Yeah, and that's that's something that's I try to do, even if I don't think I'm going to play the game. Mm-hmm. One day my daughter might, you know, be But you want it one. in your library. So yeah, you I, want that I, just, yeah. I just go, and it's a, so much easy with the app now. You just pull mm-hmm. it up and you hit add a library, add a library, add a library. You don't even have to turn on my PS5 to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a, um, you know, if you have PlayStation Plus, um, which I think if you have a PlayStation... Um, and you just need the essential one. Yeah, exactly. Which, can can I say real quickly, they really screwed up the naming, because I don't think we were doing, when they announced this, we weren't doing the EFG show, but they really screwed up the naming of this. Nobody gets the names of their crap right. Because it's the essential, then the extra, then the premium. <laughs> I always thought it should be, essential makes sense, but then it should be premium, then extra, because extra should be the last stuff you get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always agree. say I have the wrong one. I have the middle tier. I don't have ec- the premium. I have extra. It's backwards. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, this is one of those. If you have a PlayStation, I think that PlayStation Plus is generally worth it anyway. If you want to play multiplayer games, you have to have it anyway. Yeah. Um, this is, um, I think the kind of hidden. The, the, it, for me, it feels like the reason they're doing this is so that they can add some of these big PlayStation first party titles to PlayStation Plus like, as the free games for the month and have it not be a, uh, whatever. Um, and then they could rotate them in and out. Yeah, so, like, when they put The Last of Us Part Two on well, PlayStation yeah. Plus, that's a big deal for a month, whereas right now everybody's everybody is just assuming that it's going to be like Game Pass and that it's just, oh, well, it's a first-party game. Eventually, it's just going to be put into that collection and we'll get it forever. Well, and a lot of, most of those games in the... PlayStation's Essentials Collection is already on the PS Plus Extra tier, which is like their version of Game Pass. Yeah. So it, clearly they did a they did like a cost benefit analysis and figured it all out and did the math. Um, so if you have PlayStation Plus, make sure you go ahead and add all these to your library now or well before May 9th. You got some time. Um, and yeah. So that's that. That's some some bummer news, but I guess it's not really the worst news, right? I guess, especially for those of us that focus on the family games. 
There really well, are not and, that many under that. And, you know, those of us, you know, excluding Linda, we're all pr- pretty big game play, video game players. So we either have probably gotten these games somewhere else or bought them anyway. Yeah. 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 The ones you really want, you have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, we have that. I mean, I'm not the video game player of the household, but we certainly have the games in the house. Um, and Steve, thank you for the recommendation. Uh, I've watched a lot of gameplay of Days Gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, her husband asked me, like, you know, what should I play next? Because mm-hmm. he needs he needs something to kind of keep his mind off of recovery and all that. And so I was like, you know. Have you, you like killing some zombies. <laughs> he loves him some open world games. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Open world game. You haven't. I, he's had lots of fantasy. He just come off of Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. I was like, you know oh, what? That's you a should, great game. You mm-hmm. should rock. Got, I, you should rock. Got a war. The next thing you should do is just go back and play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because he hasn't played that one. And <laughs> Assassin's true, Creed man. Odyssey is so good. And honestly, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Is, I like it better than Ragnarok. Um, Ooh. And it's and for me, it's because I like the main character better, and also because it's prettier because it's in Greece, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, like pine forests. Right. Um, I think I have it, so I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, so, <laughs> topic of the week, everybody. Topic of the week, and, and this one I want us all to kind of go around here. Um, the topic of the week is kind of spawned by a bunch of games shutting down. Knockout City, Rumbleverse, Avengers. Um, a lot of games are, you know, their servers are coming down. Um, the games as service is ending. Um, and it feels like a lot of the games that we talk about that are like pillars of gaming, their online component is really important um, or core to the experience, like Fortnite, even Splatoon, right? Uh, Minecraft. Even, you know, a lot of kids like the only way they play it now is they play it multiplayer. So um, the idea of all these games kind of going away. Um, I wanted to talk about like the permanence of games and what we expect, because some of us are older. <laughs> Just you know, unlike unlike Linda, she's she's, she's a <laughs> I'm ancient. Um, but there'll be chickens this spring, at least. Yes. So <laughs> um but we all remember the days of you get a cartridge and you can play the cartridge forever. And we don't have to worry about outside of dealing with battery corrosion, right? Like you can play that game over and over and over again forever. Whereas now it's not that way. Um, so here's the question. And we're going to relate this to board games too. Because board games are kind of the opposite way. Is the board games used to be you get a game and you can play it forever. And now they're introducing games that have apps, that when mm-hmm. the app goes away, it's bad. And also, I have games. a board game that uh, just they just re they're re releasing this Christmas that we couldn't play for a few years, and that was Nightmare because all or Atmosphere because all the VHSs went away. No one has a VHS mm. player anymore, and now it's coming back, and the uh, video file is on like Vimeo and. Uh, uh, YouTube. Cool, cool, cool. So let's let's start with the board game side of this, Linda. I mean, when we started Engage Family Gaming ten years ago, <laughs> it's true. Um, wow. <laughs> when, and when Linda know, was only nineteen, 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's live that delusion. I love this delusion. When it, when we can have a, a combined started, delusion on this. You know, maybe she's not. I, 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 honestly, I seem to remember having to sign work papers with your school or whatever to get you to come on. So, like, the, dude, I'm older than you. I love this. This is. Um, <laughs> thank you ever so slightly so the gray hairs are not showing as much today so the um it's exactly how it was you got forbidden island you just that's it you can just fit unless you lost it in the flood in your basement exactly um facts facts do you do we really need the reminder of that that was harsh um but um it was thematically it was ironic um so um, you you get Forbidden Island and you know you can fit so you just fit Infinity gameplay in here, right? And so right. Um, and now with all these games that have apps and legacy games, I think legacy games is really where this conversation comes. Where, where do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like Linda, you know, legacy games and kind of reducing the amount of times that you can play a game. Does that bug you? No, it really doesn't because if you look at for most games and there are, of course there's exceptions but most board games you don't play them 50 times most people don't play a single board game again there's probably an exception like it's the traditional family game of course there's exceptions but by and large you do not play a single board game that many times sometimes it's hard so, enough playing a board game once once or twice exactly <laughs> i think so i still game, have some that have never been played let's not talk about my shelf of opportunity the um that's being you know, polite <laughs> i call mine the shelf of shame true i called it that and i was uh asked to be more positive so i'm being positive uh but with so many games we might play it once or twice a game we really love maybe we're playing it 10 times but so many of these games were not getting that volume of plays, you know, for the average family, for the average person on the average game. Again, there's always outliers. But I look at something like The Crew, which is kind of legacy because you can track your plays, but it doesn't destroy anything. So you could, in theory, keep just restarting it, replaying it. But I haven't gotten through it once. There's so many great games I want to play. I've done a few sessions of The Crew, but I haven't gotten very far into the story. Uh, uh, zombie kids evolution we've played some of that we've gotten to open i think two of the envelopes and add some things to the game but we still haven't finished it we've owned the game for probably four or five years at this point um it's just there's so much else to play um it's a great problem to have that we keep wanting to play newer games but i see a lot of the games i own they don't get a lot of frequency so if it gets a handful of plays that's great uh, I don't have a lot of legacy games myself, but most of it's because I know I will probably not be able to commit the time to actually going through the whole story. So I've made the choice to not invest in most of those now. Maybe the time will come where we find we're playing more consistently more games that are the same, mm-hmm. but we haven't. Um, one game that I love that we've, we've played a fair number of times that's not a legacy, but it's app-based is um, Last last Defense. Um, I think, if I'm remembering it, that's Funko Games, if I'm remembering it right, but I could be misremembering. It is? Yes, it is. Okay. But that's one that you can't play it without the app. The app literally tells you where to put the bad guys, and it tells you, you know, just when things are moving and 
you know, has the timer on it. And that's one that, you know, it's a hard 20 minutes and you're moving throughout it trying to defeat these monsters. And if that app was to go away, the game is useless. And, you know, I have to be honest, if the app disappeared tomorrow, I feel like I've gotten my money's worth out of the game because we've probably played it half a dozen times. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's one of those moving forward, I've gotten a bunch of new games. How many more times am I going to grab that one? I might. I'm not saying I'm never grabbing it again to play, but realistically, you know, you get the new game. How often are you grabbing the old game? So I'm finding, you know, certain things. If I get a handful of plays out of the, again, the average game, I'm thrilled. So that's sort of my perspective on it. But being so involved in the industry and expanding my collection so rapidly, I I wonder if I have a different perspective. Well, I I think that that's possible. I mean, with that said, you know, we... You know, you and I are in a bunch of board game groups. You know, probably mm-hmm. you and I are in as many board game groups as me and Jeff are in video game groups. Probably. Know? And, you know, throughout those, we see the discussions about, you know, how many people buy games and, you know, collect games versus play them, right? And right. so oh, yeah. the idea that, like, legacy games don't really hurt the value for them. But I think, you know, the, the I, I kind of compare a legacy game to a video game, you know, that... True that shuts down after a while right because like eventually it's kind of gone um man there's a lot of video games in the last couple of weeks that have shut down you know one of them they shut down on purpose after two years jeff um did you ever play knockout city i don't know but real quickly before we get off the board games i do want to say though there are some legacy games that do like have replay value when they're done Right, Machi Core, I know, is one of them. Uh, betray- Betrayal Legacy, it's so cool because two people can buy the game. By the end of the game, you have your own. And Betrayal is one of my favorite board games ever. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Um, once you're done with that game, you and your friend could have two completely separate houses because, you know, oh, and this time the baby doll blew up and so it made me tear out the room it blew up in. Well, this person still has the room or this mm-hmm. happened in this. So... Okay. Uh, my wife and I are not allowed to play Legacies anymore games anymore because the last Legacy game we played was Pandemic Legacy, and that was at the end of 2019. Ooh. That's oh, it's your fault. And we fair. haven't picked up the game since. I mean, I can't really blame you. Fun fact, um, we were actually in the local newspaper during the pandemic because we played Pandemic. <laughs> Um, and I forget who it was. Someone referred a local um, Bristol, like the Bristol Press newspaper to us. And they, um, you know, they interviewed me over the phone and they had me, well, they had Jenna. Uh, they, they asked me to take it, but of course I didn't take mm. the photo. Jenna's way more talented than I am. Um, and so she took this awesome picture of like me and the kids playing Pandemic. In the middle of the In the, the middle of the down. pandemic. And well, and I talked, I mean, I talked, and this is, this is me. Um, you know, maybe I was putting a little bit of a spin on it, but I actually think at that point in the pandemic, I interpreted the actual game as being like optimistic and positive because it had a solution. And the solution yes. was that everyone just had to cooperate and work together. So it was like the, if, if everyone works together and communicates and listens to people that know what they're doing, et cetera, and moves forward, then 
you win the game and the, and the disease is eradicated. And I was very convinced that that's all we had to do. Turns out we just had to re, re what we have to do, which we didn't was rewire society and people. <laughs> we failed to do that. Um, but anyway, I, I can understand not wanting to play pandemic. What, what month did you get to in pandemic legacy? I think we only got to like the third playthrough. And I, if I remember correctly, the last playthrough we played, we lost. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> um, here's the thing. So she kept saying this. She has told me that maybe we can start playing it again now that we're out of the pandemic, but 2020, 2021, and even into the beginning of 2022, she kept saying no every time I'd bring it up. So did the, I'm going to ask, did the thing I happen? I don't honestly remember. As I said, this was no, 2019. You would, all right. you would remember if it did. Okay. Um. So uh, please do, please play it and then come it back. Is, and... It is season one. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one. Yeah. Let me know. I want to know. Um, okay, so anyway, fine. so now, so here's the question. So we got the board game perspective. You know, John, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Um, and I guess the question that we all got to answer, and this is something I'd love to hear the chat's thoughts on this too. Mega Mom said that they love the they have the legacy, um, the legacy version of Betrayal. Also, um, that she hasn't seen any of the house changes yet. She can't wait to see uh, what some of those are. Um, so, I guess the, the how long is long enough for a game to be playable before you feel like something went wrong? Whether it be how long, you know, and, and <laughs> this is kind of open-ended, but what's, what's your value? What's your perspective on like value of games, you know, when they shut down, etc. To To me, I guess it depends on, and I don't play a lot of games, service games. And by service games, I don't mean Sega, but <laughs> that's a deep cut. In case you didn't know, Sega stands for service games. I didn't um, know that. That's you did amazing. not know that? I did not. Oh, they well, actually you... had a channel that you could play their games on back in the day. Like, wow, that's a key piece yeah, of Yeah, that's a deep Very cut, good. deep cut, deep <laughs> cut. Uh, but like service games like... Fortnite, Knockout City, even the Avengers, like where they keep adding stuff because, and I mean, we can all relate. We all have kids, families. Uh, John has a girlfriend. She's somewhere. <laughs> She's somewhere. He at least tells Clearly us he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, she's but, in the chat. So. Uh, Nowadays, I just don't have the time. I need a game with a definite start and a definite end. Yeah. Unless it's like on my phone. Marvel Snap, again, I've it's the only phone game I've ever been like, oops, season pass, and I just keep going into this <laughs> going into the season it. pass. I, I knew uh, what I knew what Tomlinson was doing, him looking down. When I, whenever you see the top folks folks on the Twitch, if you see the top of that man's head, that man is rock, that man is rocking some some Marvel Snap. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. But, you see the top of his head. He's he, that's what he's doing. But yeah, typically I don't. I never got into Fortnite, Minecraft, any of those games that need like the internet to, you know, work. Even games like everyone knows. I'm a huge WWE 2K fan. I never go into the online, or even when I play Madden, I never go online because yeah. I don't have the time to get good enough to be where I should in those situations. Uh, so when it comes to games shutting down, 
typically those type of games I'm not playing like that. I've never played Splatoon because it's largely multiplayer and I don't have time to get good enough so I can, you know, be at level with the people I'm going to be playing with. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is I I kind of venture in between, right? Like I play a lot of role-playing games and, you know, stuff like that that have a definitive beginning and end. But famously, my favorite game of all time is World of Warcraft. Um, and everybody that's here in Hawking in the background, my whole house is sick. So it was either cancel the podcast or you guys have to listen. So I apologize for all that. Um, so famously, my favorite game of all time is World of Warcraft. And the the fact the re- one of the reasons I came back during the pandemic, outside of all the reasons I've talked about before, is that I want to be there when they turn the lights off. You know what mm. I mean? Like, eventually, it's going to happen. Somewhere down the line. Um, and I want to be there when they turn the lights off. Um, when they do turn the lights off, can you do the math of how much money you've put into it, or do you not um, want to know? I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I don't play. I don't pay actual money for World of Warcraft. I oh, pay for well, my. I go. pay for my account in gold. Um, so, um, and I will, we can talk about how I do that later. Uh, but <laughs> he's with his life. <laughs> I mean, uh, we could talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, I do pay with my time. I mean, yeah, but I don't pay. I don't give them actual dollars. But, so, so I got a little bit of input. Like, yeah, we're your... we're definitely talking about. There's multiple facets to this because there's also the disposable games. Um, so we're talking about games as a service. There's also. Uh, fans that create their own servers and run their own servers. World, uh, uh, yeah, Warcraft 2, you could call your friends and play together uh, on a shared server that you hosted. But there's games like One Shot, which I'm a really huge fan of. There's a port of it on Switch, but you could only play that game once. Because it's a one, it's a legacy story. It just goes straight through, and you make the decision in the end. At the end of the game, you have to live with that decision. It will not let you start the game over again. So there's That's all those cool. sorts of games, but like, as far as like, we're we live in a different age now, where yes, we have carts that like. Uh, the Switch, they have updates and stuff like that. But like the older stuff, that's also going to become obsolete when our TVs can't handle that kind of mm. stuff anymore. Yep. So like all of that technology is going to have to get moved over to the next generation or have an emulator in that generation so that we can play those games. We're still fighting to get stuff on the Switch I, where uh... we can't play games like you know, Metroid. Yeah. And Metroid I actually have Prime. kind of a, a funny story about that because when my wife and I were first dating, she came to my house and I'm like, pick any game. We can play a game, whatever. She chose Duck Hunt and I go, we can't play that game. Yeah. You go, my it's TV. like the one game. Nintendo game. You need you a CRT. One, yeah, you picked the one game on my whole shelf that we can't play because I don't have a CRT and Duck, the light gun does not work. On yeah, modern. Well, that's what you run into when things are designed for technology, and technology changes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and I mean, 
in going off of that, you know, not only game shutting down like Knockout City, the Avengers, you also, you know, we've been doing this for the last, you know, more than 10 years of games just getting delisted because companies lose the license. Uh, you can't find the Simpsons arcade game anymore. It used to it used to be able to get on the Xbox Live the shop. music license. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim just recently came back because they had to delist that game because they lost their license. Mm-hmm. You, um, the, I know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the Turtles in Time, the arcade game used to be on Xbox. I mean, it's come back because they got the Cowabunga collection now. Uh, you know, so many games just get delisted because they lose the license. That makes you wonder, like, we have the Sony Marvel Spider-Mans. What happens when that license runs out? Yeah. It's a very, a bit, it's a very good that's question. That's a very... That's a very big game to lose. It's not just like the Simpsons arcade game, which, in my opinion, is one of the best arcade games, and I'm frustrated <laughs> I can't right. play it. I'm hoping are, are you... I'm hoping that the same company that did Shredder's Revenge just yeah. goes through and, and just redoes all the... And just makes That's all versions. it does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they can do X-Men first, please. So, um... Oh. So... <laughs> I need to be Marge and hit people with that vacuum cleaner. I mean, Marge yeah. with the vacuum cleaner is pretty great. So we've we have ventured pretty far afield and covered a lot of stuff. It is it is a problem that gamers of our age are kind of we're dealing with it a little bit more than um and it, it, like we're we at least are aware of it and are kind of you know whether we avoid it because we're not good enough or we avoid it because you know the value proposition. What's really interesting is my kids like Evan. My oldest, almost every game he plays is a game as a service. Where eventually the lights are going to get turned off. I mean, he plays the you know he plays Genshin Impact. He plays oh. um, Guilty Gear Strive, which is a fighting game. You know all the games he plays. He plays World of Warcraft with me. Um, he is not at all afraid of just diving into an ecosystem, knowing that it's going to kind of go away um, eventually. Um, and I, you know, my my youngest son. You know, loving Fortnite as much as he did, right? You know, like I think obviously yeah. Fortnite's kind of a weird monster. Like eventually, that like th- that game is probably never going away because of how big it is, right? Even yeah, I was I was deep into Destiny and Destiny Two, and I just I I got to the point where like I've seen enough of the story. I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. It well, is... I think it's interesting with the younger kids. I wonder if they're not afraid because they just know there'll be something new. Yeah. If you know, this one yeah. I'm playing over here goes away. What's the new game that's come out that I'm going to play this yeah. instead? You know, it's not for lack of something to do. There's not for a lack of a new game. And yeah, and it's always been a part of their life where us, right. we all had to learn to accept this. It's absolutely true. It's true. I mean, they didn't have that collection behind Jeff. Right? Like, yeah. it's true. You know, like collections like what's behind Jeff are not really possible now. I mean, they kind of are, but not really, you know, like all, how many of those carts, you know, all those carts, that's not really a thing anymore. Um, you know, even you have if- to go out of your way for those. Yeah. We purposely buy physical copies when possible. And it's not always possible. Um, I, but we've chosen to buy physical copies when we can for I various mean, reasons. I've even changed how I've collected every, I mean, I've told the story. That summer, I lost my Switch. I wanted a new one, but I knew it was my fault, so I had to get rid of some games. Because it was my fault I lost my Switch. I wasn't paying attention. I fell out of my bag in an airport. Um, and so I traded... I kept all my Nintendo stuff, but I traded off all my PlayStation stuff. I had like 60 PlayStation 2 games. 
um, all my PlayStation One. I still have my PS4 and PS5 over games over there. Uh, from that day forward, I decided for PlayStation Five, I don't care if it's digital anymore. I'm gonna. Yeah. I had to focus my collection on Nintendo collecting, and so PlayStation, I just get stuff digitally now. Yeah, I've started just it's it's whimsy for me. Like uh, God of War, I really desperately wanted to play it the day it came out. And so I bought it digitally so I could play it that night at midnight. Yep. Like, you know, I knew I didn't have to get up for work in the morning because I'm in between jobs. So I was like, you know what? Treat yourself. Hashtag. Um, and I bought it digitally. I wasn't going to be able to do that um, with a physical game because it was going to come from Amazon. It was going to come the next day. We all know how Amazon, my experience with Amazon and pre-orders. So I mean... Having to get home, go to the mailbox, get your physical game out, and then tell your wife, go, hold on, pause your show. I need to put this in the PlayStation so it makes sure it de- installs. Yeah. And downloads the update. And downloads the update, which takes about as much as the downloading a game where new game comes out, it preload. If I have it pre-ordered, it preloads two days in advance, and so then I can just go and play it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is... You know, it looks like we've kind of evolved the topic, and I love it. You know, this is the this is the power of having a really cool conversation. I, I wish Amanda was here because I'm sure she'd have some yeah. cool stuff to say too. Yeah, from a game preservation standpoint, uh, because it's you know, the, part of this is so many of these games are just gone forever. Um, you know, especially with the the Wii U and the e, and the 3DS eShops closing, yeah. um, so many games that are kind of locked out. Oh. Uh, Mega Mom's piecing out because she's going to go watch the State of the Union. I uh, do not blame her. So you go do that. We'll be done soon. Um, So, yeah, that is, um, you know what? I think that's a good place to call it today. Um, I know we had some games we wanted to talk about, but but our topic ran a little long and I really liked it. So I did not shut us off. Um, Guys, we did it. Great job. We made it through one more episode of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I actually lost track of time. That's how wild this was. So um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, we do have some cool announcements for uh, new programming, other cool stuff coming down the pike, so we will let everybody know. Um, I'm excited. In the meantime, uh, I hope everybody has a uh, good week. Uh, we will see you in two weeks with another episode of the podcast. We'll have Amanda back, I'm sure. Um, and until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.